Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning. How are we doing? Yes, man, you guys are pumped. Glad you're here. Yeah, did we make some noise for live stream? Did we make some noise? Welcome, friends, for joining on Facebook as well. Yeah, we've got all kinds of uh, options for you. Hey, we are in a series. So if you're brand new, if you're a guest here, you're just joining us, we've been in a series of talks on relationships, and we've called it With, right? The Art of Being With. Because how many of you know that with some people, it is a blast to be with them, right? And for others, not so much. Not so much, but we have to do it. We have to do it. And some of us, it's so easy to be with people. Like we are good at relationships. We are. We just, it's easy for us. And then for how many of you would say you're not? Like it's really hard for you to have relationships, right? No one would say that? Okay, that might be part of the issue here. That might be part of the, the good thing is we're going to be talking about it. Because every week we've talked about the art of being with. So we talked about the art of uh, forgiveness, the art of uh, joy, the art of kind of letting go, the art of all these things. Because there's an art to that. And so today I want to talk about the art of honesty. So obviously you guys showed me something just a minute ago. I don't know. Just so you guys know, there was like this, this not, I don't want to answer this question. So let's talk about Honesty, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, great. Can we leave now? Let's do another 60 seconds, and I will leave in the 60 seconds. But how important is honesty in relationships? Very important. How many of you are like, you are always honest? Yes, we are always honest. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking about this. So when I first came to this country, so uh, just so you know, I grew up in the Middle East, Kuwait, and I'm actually Pakistani, but I, when I came in the 90s, I was an immigrant, still am, sort of. But anyways, so I came and uh, I, I, I was just trying to figure stuff out, right? And I had never been to a hotel. Now you would think, what? Just, just go with me, okay? I was, I was born in the desert. There's no hotels, okay? They're tents that you can stay in. But anyways, anyways, so I'm joking. But uh, I had never been to a hotel, okay? So when you go to a hotel, you know, if you've been in a hotel, you know they have those things. Like they've got those disposable, not disposable, but they've got these small miniature things of like, like lotions and uh, uh, you know, shampoo and soaps and all of those things, right? Now the question is, okay, talking about honesty and all that, is it okay to just take them all even though you don't use them? See, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I met a family early on when I came to, this, to the States. Okay, this Indian family. Nothing against Indians. Love my Indians. Hello. Okay. But this, this, this couple were hilarious. They're like, when I hung out with them, they're like, we're, we're, they were taking all kinds of stuff from hotels. They're like, take the towels. I'm like, what? Take the towels? You can't take the towels. Can you take the towels? I thought you could. I was like, I like this pillow. How many of you have found the pillow you were meant to sleep on in a hotel and went, can I trade? What can I do? 
right? A hanger. You're like, this is an excellent hanger. We should take this. And then the hotel people got smarter and their hooks are now smaller. Have you noticed that? You're like, oh, I can fix that. We'll just take it, you know? So I know there's some of you like, of course you can take that. Is it being dishonest? Some of you would say, I paid for it. Right? I know some of you guys are like, I paid for it. I paid for it. And you probably have something like, a, like a, one of those lotions in your purse right now. You're like, you're like, I love this thing. I love this thing. So honesty is an art, isn't it? Because sometimes uh, we, we, we get fuzzy with it. But it is so in, essential in relationships because when honesty leaves uh, relationships, uh, in any relationships, it just gets really hard to be with that person. It gets really hard to be in a relationship with a company or an office or a business or a team or, or, or any group that honesty is kind of gone. You don't know if they really believe or they re, they're really being honest about certain things. So what, what do we do? What do we do? So I want to jump in and just talk about the art of being honest. So Proverbs uh, 27 is our first one. So Proverbs 27, first verse here, it says this. You can, actually, let's try this. Let's say, let's say it together. Can we do that? You guys up for it? Yeah, you guys up for it, right? And okay, live stream, you guys up for it too? Okay, uh, where, wherever you are, let's do this together. It's Proverbs 27, 6. It says, you can trust a friend who corrects you, but kisses from an enemy are nothing but Lies, ooh, deep stuff, right? But the truth is, I love a good kiss, right? Like, you're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> TMI, pasta. No, 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 I mean, I, good, I like a good flattery, right? I, I like a good, like, okay, you just make me feel good. We all like that. And then even though we're like, oh, it's all lies, but I, just keep on talking. I like it, I like it, just keep on. Tell me how great I am. Because we don't want to hear the harsh truth of who we might be. So if you and I are going to move to a deeper sense of honesty in relationships, I think we're going to have to get comfort, uncomfortable. We're going to have to get to a point where we're like, you know what, we, like, that, that someone is going to have the permission in your life and in my life to correct you and me. And we have to be okay with it. Because a person who does not want to be corrected does not want to be in relationship. They just want you to do whatever they want you to, they want to do. That's pretty much it. And so what we do is, is sometimes people surround our, themselves with people who just lie to them, and they're okay with that. They surround themselves with people who just tell them what they want to hear. And you know, and I know, that it's not good for a person, for a group, anybody, to surround themselves with people who do not have the permission to correct them and say, hey, what about this, what about this? And so it, it's all tied into this art of being honest with each other and then in, within ourselves as well. Because when we are honest people, and, I, and there is an art to it, and there's a depth to it, then, then, then we have lasting, deep relationships. So I, what I want to do is I want to go into a passage of Scripture that Jesus is talking to, is, has a conversation with a guy, and I think it's a, it's a very great passage to explain that where Jesus wants us to be and the kind of person that God wants us to become when it comes to this idea of honesty and being real and being authentic and being um and, and not living in lies so let's jump in if you got a if you got a bible you can grab that we'll put the scriptures uh, up there for you as well so this is mark chapter 10 this is in the new testament it's one of the gospel and mark starts writing this and he says this in the story he says as jesus was starting out on his way to jerusalem a man running up 
came running up to him, knelt down and, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Then Jesus says, um, Why do you call me good? Now, he could have done all the things like, hey, stand up. Hey, it's okay. Hey, what are you, what's your name? No, the first thing he says is, why do you call me what? So it's, right there, Jesus wants us as the reader. Jesus wants the crowd. Jesus wants him to consider why he is calling him good and what does good mean to him. Like, why would do you compliment someone? Is it because you want them to think you are good as well? Why are you doing that? So it's so interesting because that's why I love the scriptures. They're so deep in, in terms of what they could really mean. So he asked him, right? He says, um, why, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commands. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus goes on and lists these commandments, which he has never done for people. But there's something else going on in the conversation. Have you ever been part of a conversation? You go, something else is going on. Like, they're saying some things, but they're actually talking in code. Like, what, what's happening here? Jesus is implying something. There's so much implication to this. There's so much like, hey, 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 like, okay, well, do, do you, you want to be good? Let's, let's, let's define, why do you call me good? And then then why don't you just keep doing the stuff that you think uh, you, if you keep doing, you would be good. So just do the commandments, you know. And he starts listing them. Did you notice that Jesus didn't even list the, 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 the biggest commandment? Like the most important commandment. He didn't. He just gives out some trivial stuff. Again, there's something else going on. Jesus is wanting him to ask certain questions about himself here. So he goes, hey, why don't you just do what you've been doing? And so verse 20, he says, teacher... The man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Really? I was young. You were young. Let me tell you what I did not do. Honor my father and mother. Hello. Anybody? Anybody? Come on, raise some hands if you have. Yeah, okay, please. Yes. Okay. If you tell me I have never dishonored my mom and dad, I would be like, you, I can't help you. I can't help you. You're not going to be honest. I can't even help you. You can't even be real. See, the thing is, when we are real, God will make us righteous. But it starts with us being real. If there's any road to being righteous and being right with God. So he basically tells him, hey, 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 okay, so do all these things. And the guy says, hey, I've done all these. So number one thing in this passage is that perception is not reality when it comes to Jesus. We think perception is reality. We live in a world like that. Says that if people just perceive you a certain way, that's reality. Yes, but not with Jesus. With Jesus, it's not enough. It's not enough what you come across as uh, good. It's not enough for people to think you are, that you're good because you keep doing things that are good. You make people pretend you are good, or, but are you really good? Like that's what Jesus is kind of getting to. He's like, this is not enough. And then he calls him, he says, I've done all these things, all these things from when I was young. Like when people talk about uh, what they do or have not done, and they use extreme language. You know what extreme language is? I've always, I've never. See, when people start talking like that, there's no, I can't help you. You know, like when someone says, you never listen to me. I'm doing it right now. It's happening right now. I mean, I don't agree with anything you're saying, but I am listening. In fact, I can't stop listening. I wish I could. You know what I'm saying? But you just keep talking. Like, like what do you mean? 
You never, you always, you can't do that. And this guy goes, from the very beginning, I came out of the womb honoring mom and dad. I turned to my mom and said, that was an amazing childbirth. That was, that was a good experience. That was wonderful. You look beautiful, radiant. What? No. No, that doesn't happen. So there's something more going on. Jesus is basically saying, number one, perception is not a reality, buddy. I don't care what people think you are. Number two, number two, you have a unique relationship with the truth. And we all have relationship with the truth. Like we all have our own relationship with truth. We do. You might go, no, 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 yeah, you do. We all have it. And this guy, this guy had a particular relationship with what is true and what truth really is. So that's why he has no problem telling Jesus a flat out exaggeration. Because he thinks an exaggeration is not a lie. Guess what? He has a particular relationship with truth. He has a particular definition of what is true. And Jesus is going, <laughs> okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Let's, let's, let's keep on talking. Let's keep on talking. So let me ask you this. Before we get into the rest of the passage, do you have a relationship with the truth? Like how do you define truth? Like a couple of, couple of thoughts here. Uh, do, you, do you define it as, as uh, it's personal? Like personal truth. Like I have my truth, you have your truth. We all have our truth. You do your truth, you do you, boo. You know, you know, whatever's true for, you know, whatever is true, for, what's true for you is not true for me. It's just, it's just personal. It's personal. The, here's what I, what, what's interesting about having a personal truth is that, that it, 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 there's something true about that. It's something real about that, something concrete about that. But it also kind of opens up this idea of like you and you, that you can't be held accountable. Think about it. See, when I, when I just focus on my truth, my truth, my truth, basically saying is I'm okay to do whatever I think is good. And so it's, a, it's tough though. It's okay when you have your own personal truth, but when you are in relationship with other people, that has to change just a little bit. You just can't have, hey, this is my truth. This is what I'm saying. Basically, sometimes, sometimes in relationship, people are basically saying, this is my permission to do whatever I want to do and whatever I want to say and whatever I want to feel. That's a little, that is, that, that, I mean, that, that you'll be good solo, but that's not going to be good with people. Relationship as being just personal, like truth being personal. How about this? Truth is relative. It's relative. That's how you define it. It's not relative. It's relative. You know what's interesting about this idea? Because when I said truth is relative, some of you guys would say, yeah, I kind of feel that. I think I believe that. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure. You know what's interesting to me? When I think of that, I think of what people tell me all the time as a pastor. Because I, am a, I'm, I have a unique relationship with people as being a pastor. Like, everything is normal if I don't know this person. I'm in a party or I'm in a gathering, and they don't know I'm a pastor. And, it's, and as soon as they find out I'm a pastor, it just changes it. It ruins it, honestly. I have tried to make up other things that I do. Like, I, I, I speak for a living. What do, you, what do you speak about? Why? Why do you want to know? <laughs> you know, like, what, stop, like why, what do you do? I hate that question. It changes it because then it starts with, oh, I'm so sorry. Why? Because they just threw, like, all kinds of F-bombs right before. Or they just said something just totally awful, and then, then they start apologizing. And then, or they get weird. They just get weird. 
And then people go, you know, like they'll say something like where, where, where it's that they can get away with acting a certain way, saying certain thing if they're around certain people. But when they move, it's okay to say it. It's so interesting. It's, here's what's funny too. It's people, people like I, I'll joke around. I'll say something just so ridiculous. And, uh, and, and, and people will say, Pastor, you can't lie in church. In church. <laughs> remember that? Just remember that. It's in church. But as soon as I walk out of church, I'm going to lie up a storm. Man, I'm going to say all kinds of stuff. But in church, you're going to get in trouble. At the gym, you can do whatever you want to do. It's so ridiculous. What, it's relative. Truth is just relative. I can do this here, but I can't do it there. I can do it this here, I, can, I can't do it there. Did, did you have that idea growing up? It, it, it gets tricky. It gets tricky because it does not work. Because you go everywhere those people are. You go there. You're that person. It doesn't work because then, you're, then everything is just relative. And maybe, like me, you kind of grew up in a very interesting culture when it came to truth. Like, we didn't, we didn't just think it was personal, relative. Honestly, in my culture, a truth is justifiable. Like, it's, that like basically, lies are justifiable. So my, my parents, I love them, by the way. I'm so glad they're not watching. But my, <laughs> my parents, I grew up, and it was okay to lie about certain things. Like, my mom was like, hey, tell this person that I got a headache and I can't get a I'm sorry, mom, you want me to tell? You just don't want to see her. Yeah, I don't want to see her. Just tell her I'm I'm like, okay. So I grew up thinking it's okay to lie if you're helping. It helps the situation. Light up. Just make up all kinds of crap. I'm like, what? And I I remember correcting my mom. Oh, God, please don't listen to this. Okay. Uh, She goes, she said something to someone. I'm like, I said, you didn't even have to lie about that. She's like, no, no, no. Because they, like saving face in our culture is a big thing. Do you guys understand what that means? Okay, in some cultures, you guys know. It's, it's saving face. So you just lie. And it's not really a lie. It's just I'm honoring you by not telling you the truth. Like, is this a, like what? What is happening? What's happening? We justify it. Other people do it. It's okay. It's okay. So let me ask you, what is your relationship with the truth? Because this is where we live. If we just live here, it messes us up. And for this guy, truth was not just personal or relative or justifiable. Truth was a perception. If people just think I am a certain pe- person, it's good enough. It's good enough. If people just think I am a nice guy or I am honest, it's okay. I don't have to be honest. I just have to come across what? Honest. I just have to come across a certain way, and I'm good. And this guy kind of seems like Jesus is like, hey, you've been living this kind of, this, this, this truth that's, not, that's, that's actually n- not true. You're, you're living in this kind of light that you're not living in because it's, it's actually darkness. And Jesus is pretty much saying this. He's saying the reason, and you will get to it, and I'll show it to you. The reason why you are coming to me and saying, I've done all this stuff, like I've lived my life in this kind of truth, and it's not satisfying. And I'm coming here, leaning down. I'm desperate because I want eternal life. I want a life that's eternal. I want a life that, that springs up more life, like an everlasting life, if a, a life that's full of joy and satisfaction and purpose. I want that kind of life, which, by the way, we all want that kind of life, don't we? 
But here, what Jesus is saying, he's saying the reason why you're leaning down here is because you have lived a certain kind of life. You have lived a certain kind of relationship with people that you think is based on truth, but it's not. And the problem is, is that when you live in that kind of so-called light, it's actually darkness, and it does not satisfy. See, that's why people who live in dishonesty or live in an awkward way where they're always lying to people and they're always covering up, they're always anxious. And there's never freedom. There's no laughter. There's no purpose. There's no joy. Why? Because you always have to cover up. You always have to remember what you lied about. Right? That's my, my problem is, that's my problem. If I had a good memory, I would be a better liar. I can't remember. I, I'm like, what? What? Who? Ah, what? I've, some, some, I've talked to some of you. I've talked to you. Had a good old conversation. Next week, I'm like, hey, have I met you before? I've done that with some of you, right? You're like, I, I cannot believe it. It's not you. It's me. It's, it's really is me. It's really me. I will look at Ashley and I go, what's your, what's your name? <laughs> Ashley. That's it. That's it, Ashley. I just have these moments. Have these moments. But see, here's the issue. The issue is regardless of who you are and the kind of personality you have, if you have been living a particular kind of truth and it's not satisfying you, the, the issue is that there is a deeper uh, reality that you and I need to live in, and Jesus kind of points to that. So basically he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I, 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 want, you, I want you to move away from that. And so he does this. The story continues. It says, looking at the man... It's such a profound, profound uh, uh, sentence and a, uh, just a moment, right? He said, looking at the man, help me out with this. What, what, what happened? Jesus felt what? Genuine love for him. As if he really looked at him. Like, you know, have you ever been a moment where, like, you just look at the person? No, 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 you, there's that moment with eyes meet and you go, I love you. Like, I really do care for you. Or, or have you ever locked eyes with someone and, and looked at them and, you go, and your eyes are saying, you hurt me. Like, this is the end. You know what I'm talking about? Those kinds of moments. Not, not, uh, not uh, those, are, those are like kairos moments. Uh, uh, the Greek word uh, meaning divine moments, not just chronological moments. Those are moments where all of a sudden your life and your relationships are defined by it. So he looks at this guy and he, he just has this moment and he goes, I love him. Now, see, here's what's interesting. How did Mark know this? How did Mark know this? Something in t- pretty much happened there. There was a moment there where Mark was like, what's happening here? Oh, this is serious. He found genuine love for him. And then he says this. He said, well, okay, well, oh, there, is, there is one thing you haven't done as if to give him hope. He said, there is one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then, help me out, then what? Come what? Come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell And he went away, what? Sad, for he had many possessions. So interesting. It's so many emotions right there in that moment. Jesus has this genuine love for him, tells him, hey, 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 let me me tell you, there is hope for you. 
There's hope for you. So if you found yourself in a place where you know that you're living a kind of a life that really is not satisfying because you've been pretending so much and you're done pretending if you're that desperate, if you've lied for so long and lived in deceit for so long, the good news is, the good news is that there is a way out. Because here, friends, deceit and living in deceit, deceit has a destination. It, 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 it takes you to a particular place in your life, a particular kind of person. Truth always has a destination, but deceit comes with a destination. Like in a, in a sense, you are actually moving a down a path. And the guy here is like, I'm so desperate. I've been living in this destination. I've been like, I've been, I've been, I've been enslaved by it. I need eternal life. I need something. I've got all the things. Like on some translations, it says he was a rich, young ruler. Like he was a wealthy guy. He had all the stuff. He's like, he basically is saying, I've been living this truth. I've been living this kind of life. I've been living this kind of deceit. And it's taken me to a place and I don't want to be here. And Jesus says this. He says, here's what I need you to do. There's hope. There's hope. Here's what you all, here's what you got to do. You got to just do the next right step. Just take the next right step. And the next right step was what? Leave that stuff. And then what? Come follow me. See, I don't know if you see this, if you've seen this, but if you read the, the, uh, the stories of Jesus, there it rarely is a time that Jesus is like, you follow me, follow me, follow me. He kind of did that early on with a few people and stopped. But then when he got kind of his core, he didn't tell people to come follow him. He was trying to get away from people. Remember? People are coming, he's like, I'm going to take a boat. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what? They won't leave me alone. Where can I go and just walk alone and I'm not going to be interrupted? The lake. I'm going to go walk on water. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wanted to be alone. But here he goes, hey, just come follow me. I want you to know something here. This is so important. Because for some of us, I think we've lied um, and destroyed relationships. And we don't know what to do. You know, we talk so much about like how if you've been lied to, you know, how to, how to deal with that. And I think that's so important. But what do you do when you are the liar? And I don't know about you, but if, if I want to be real, I've been the liar. But if I don't have any room to stand up in, if the judgment and condemnations are, is so smothering that I can never stand up, then what kind of life can I ever live now? So what happens is Jesus says, hey, 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 here's what I want to do. I'm going to let you stand up. Notice he's been on the floor the whole time. And he's like, I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to give you a path. I know that deceit has led you to a particular destination. Here's what I want you to just, just leave all that and then leave that destination. Like, come follow me. Come be close to me. You see, I don't know if you understand this, but, but in other religions, like, you pay penance for the stuff you've done. And religion only works and, it's, and it sustains itself because you and I always make mistakes. And we have to continue to pay for it. So that's why we keep on sustaining religion. We just do the things we need to do, regardless of what religion you follow. There's stuff that you got to pay because what you did is you messed up. You've sinned. 
In some places, you have to pay money to clear your, your name. And here he's saying is, I'll give you a way. It's called grace and forgiveness. And then you come close to me. Jesus is basically saying this. If you've been that person who've lived in deceit for so long, if you've been that person that's, who's, who's pretended to live a certain kind of life and found it so unsatisfying, here's what I want to do. I want to pull you close. You come follow me. Which you would think, and I would think that the person, when they actually come out clean and say, okay, I've done this, the natural reaction, the human reaction is to reject and to put distance. Jesus does the opposite. He goes, you, could, you, could, you get closer now. Now you actually get closer. Because he knows that the only thing that can heal our hearts, the only thing that can make us whole, the only thing that can move us to be really honest is him. And here's, here's where Jesus, in one sense, introduces the idea of integrity. Because the, the guy leaves, right? The guy leaves. He, 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 he went away. Jesus introduces this idea that if you and I as humans want to live in a place of fulfillment and eternal life, a life of purpose and satisfaction, a life filled with peace and, and joy and just having the freedom and not always having to cover up. If you and I want to live that kind of life, we have to move from just being honest to having integrity. Because the most honest thing the man did was walk away. Think about it. He was like, you just told me exactly what I need to do. And I'm what? I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to do it. He was the most, he was actually one step closer to Jesus as he was walking away. Strange, right? One step closer to being really real. Every, he was worried about image and right there, he could have said, I'll do it. I'll sell everything. Never. I'll do it. And he was like, not going to do it. Because somehow Jesus got to him. Because he was like, your, your issue and my issue is not just honesty. Because you can be honest and do the wrong thing. You can be honest and hate people. You can be honest about hating people. No, no, no. Integrity is a little different. See, integrity has two words. It's, it's not just, um, it's not just being the same person all the time. But it's also doing the right thing. So integrity has two meanings of, which means that you have to be noble and as in you do the right thing. So he could have, the, for him to do the right thing was to sell all his stuff. And then integrity also calls us to be the same person wherever we are. So Jesus was calling him and he knew it to something that was a lot higher, not just honesty, integrity. And that is where you and I have to get to. A place where we go, you know what? I'm not just going to do the right thing, but I'm also going to be the same person everywhere. I'm going to do the right thing here, and I'm going to do the right thing over there. And for you and I who struggle with it, just secretly you go, I'm not quite sure because uh, this world I live in, you don't know. You don't understand the pressure. I get it, and the scriptures get it. You see, even Peter, after Jesus had left, and he, Peter was the leader of the church, what he would do, 
is he began to live a life that was not full of integrity. He was honest and all that, and he was a church leader, but here's what he would do. See, he would hang out with certain kinds of people, like Jewish people. And, but then when he would go to Gentiles, because they were not supposed to mix, the, he would go to Gentiles, he would pretend that he was not hanging out with Gentiles. Like he was, he was, he was, he was two-faced. He was acting like this, but never telling one group that he's hanging out with this group. So it's like going to conservatives and going, oh my gosh, conservatives, yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys, those liberals. And then you go to the liberals and go, oh my gosh, those conservatives, idiots. You know, like, so he's going back and forth and the scriptures tell us that Paul confronted him and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? So all this to say, if like these guys had issues, not just doing the right thing always, but also being the same person, it is a struggle. It is a struggle. But that's where God wants to take us. And how do you do it? Like I said, you you take the next right step. And the next right step in your life right now is actually towards Jesus. The next right step is a, is a step that you and I will basically say, I'm following you. See, God speaks to you more than like just my messages or in podcasts or other messages or through Instagram, God wants to speak to you. So if you ask him about a situation, he will give you an answer. And you might go, I don't, dude, I don't know. I'm not quite sure if he talks to me. He is talking. The problem is some of us have learned to listen well and others of us struggle with it. But if you begin to learn what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is God saying to you? What is his presence saying to you? What are you feeling within you? What is that next right step in the situation that you face yourself right now? As I was talking about this, you thought, man, I'm thinking about this person, this conversation. What is the next right step for you? I'll tell you, if you take the next right step, God will show up in incredible incredible ways. Here's what Jesus says when the guy walked away. When he walked away, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, he said, how hard is it for a rich uh, to enter the kingdom of heaven, uh, kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished. Then who? Who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is what? Impossible, but not with God. Everything is what? Possible with God. Jesus is calling us to a life that is humanly impossible. Did you hear that? Jesus, see, religious Religion calls you to a life that's humanly possible. Religion calls you to a life that's humanly possible. Jesus always calls you to a life that's humanly impossible. He's like, if you even look at that person, you've already committed adultery. What? If you, are, if you've already, if you have hatred, you've already killed that person in your heart. What are you? 
Because Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be honest and just, I want you to be wholehearted. I want you to have integrity. I want you to become a person that you cannot become on your own. That's why. See, the disciples were like, he was talking about the rich people. He was like, well, if the rich can't do it, then how can we? Basically saying in our time, he's like, the rich were the ones who were uh, resourced well. The rich were the people who were privileged. The rich were the people who had it all together. Life was easy for them. So he's like, if these people who are rich, whose life is easy for them, they don't have to complain. They don't have to struggle like we do and be in the hustle. If they are going to have a hard, if, if those people who don't have to have these things, if they're going to have a hard time, how can we who live in the real world ever be these kind of people? And Jesus goes, here's what I'm telling you and what I told the same guy. The same thing. Leave the stuff, do the next right thing, and do what? Just come follow me. And if you come follow me, the impossible things in your life will become possible. That there is a way that God will change your heart and give you wisdom and change who you are within you to become that person who's who has integrity, who is a person who is whole, who's a person who, who has the power and the courage and the grace and the forgiveness to be honest, to be real, to be authentic, to be a person who does the right thing. Because if you do the right thing, then God was going to show up with supernatural grace, power, wisdom, peace for you. Because you're going to be walking, leaving deceit, leaving that destination, walking towards Jesus as you follow him. So I want to pray for you, but I want to tell you this. If you're going, okay, I think I got, I, got, I, I get it, I get this. Get this. We're all screwed up. This is the most spiritual thing I can tell you. When it comes to being real and being honest, we all mess up. We have all kinds of reasons why we pretend to be people that we're not. And Jesus looks at us and he has genuine, what? Love for us. And he goes, I love you. I love you. Like I know all your stuff. I love you. Do this, just do this. Do the next right thing. Do the next right step. Just leave that. Come follow me. Get closer to me. Your answer right now to living a life that's full of darkness and cover up is not doing less darkness and covering up. It's leave and go follow him. Get close to him and he will supernaturally make you a person that you only dreamed you could be. You cannot be and experience that kind of purpose in life unless you allow God supernaturally to work in your life. All right, let me pray for us. Can I do that? Let's pray. Lord God, I, 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 I thank you for, for these moments, God, um, moments where you speak to us in a profound way and in a very real way. God, so often we forget because we live in this world that continually reminds us that, that, that there's always consequences and there's, 
to what we do. And there's always this burden of becoming and doing and being. But Father, I thank you so much that when you came and stepped into human history, changing it, redeeming it by the cross, allowing us to have a relationship with you, you allowed us to experience an open heaven where you and I, we commune with you. You speak and we hear heaven speaking to us and you put a part of yourself in us and then you make us the people we were meant and created to be. And God, I pray that when we are tempted to become less than who we were meant to be, that God, you would remind us of your love and a call to come follow you, to get closer to you. So I pray, God, I pray, God, that today would be a day knowing all the things, all the lies and all the deceit that we might be in, God. Today, we just say, we want to get close to you today. God, you can only do a work. You can only do that work we need. No human effort. So God, would you make us people, would you make us people that have eternal life, who have integrity in relationships? God, we love you. We thank you. Would you do that? Would you do that? Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.